This is the unspoken sale webinar number one. We're going to do an entire series of these, and this being the kickoff one, the very first one, we're calling this the introduction to the unspoken sale. Now, my name's Jay Niblick, and our guest today is Matt Kubler. Matt Kubler, again, as I said, is a, a good friend of mine, even though he looks like he does up there in that picture. Um, Matt's a 25-year military and law enforcement career person. He has trained with some of the best special forces, CIA, Delta Force, trained with Navy SEALs, a lot of SWAT, been a SWAT commander, and worked undercover for many years as an air marshal inside U.S. Homeland Security. What Matt is, is, is a world authority on understanding the hidden messages that people send through their nonverbal communications, okay? So in other words, body language. Uh, we are recording this session. Please give us, uh, you know, better part of today for our folks to do the post-production. And we'll send out a video of this webinar to everybody that's registered here today, including everybody that's on right now. Of interest to you and to me, I think, is Matt is not a salesperson. No offense, Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hello. The reason... I think it's important that Matt's not a salesperson is this is not a sales methodology. Matt brings with him 25 plus years of understanding how to read body language and what that means. And so when you use this, what we've worked together on to build is how to use this ability to understand if somebody's in the right mode or upset or lying or nervous, or if your communication to them is working effectively, it's biggest application is in negotiations and discussions. So putting it out there, I don't want Matt to be a sales expert because we're not teaching sales. We're teaching his bailiwick, if you will, his authority, which is how to understand what really is happening with the emotions of the person you're interacting with in any scenario. And you can use that information for your benefit in sales. So I'll turn it over to Matt here, but Matt, yeah, tell us a little bit about what is the unspoken sale. I mean, what's the problem that you're really addressing? Thanks, Jay, for having this. Uh, I truly do appreciate the opportunity. Um, the unspoken sale, uh, the, the thought process behind creating this program was, uh, as a business owner, I do own a business, um, and, and I'm in the fitness world, um, but I'm also still an active full-time police officer. Um, I noticed that every time somebody would come in to try to sell me something, they were going through their shtick or their, their sales pitch without even paying attention to anything I was doing or any comments I was making or faces I was making or how my body language was showing that I was not interested. They just kept rolling right on through. And by the time it was done, I was going to say no five seconds in, but I gave them the opportunity to give their entire pitch, which could have been 10, 15 minutes. And that's 10 to 15 minutes they just wasted of their time waiting to find out that I was going to say no. Um, and I believe had that person had an understanding of body language and understanding how to read um, potential buying styles, what, what kind of personality I was, how my body language was reacting to things they were saying, that they would have easily realized that they were heading down the wrong path and might have actually just cut bait and left and spent that time wisely with someone that might have actually made a sale. So understanding how the body reacts subconsciously and how... Uh, we as human beings will, will react to certain stresses and positions we're placed in and understanding how to see that in another person is what this was all about. So specific to the area of sales, 
what's the problem that we're hoping to address with the program that's called the unspoken sale? The idea is to be able to increase your sales performance, meaning close more sales, or at least at a minimum, understand when your time is being, uh, I don't want to say wasted, but could be used better uh, with another person that you're going to sell, sell to later that day. Um, cause you can't ever get time back. And ultimately we're all judged in the sales world. I, I believe for the most part by our results. And, uh, if you're able to effectively change course, you can always save a sale. If, if you see somebody starting to show body language signs that they're not interested, you can, you can bring them back and you'll learn how to do that in the sales program and in the, in the unspoken sale training program on how to do that. And you can actually salvage a sale and actually close one where you thought otherwise you might've not. So answering the question is, is I'm going to increase your sales performance. And some specific examples. I think you wrote this up and we put them up on the screen. So you want to walk through each of these four maybe? You know, if, if you're talking to the person who is not the person who can make the decisions to spend the money on, on the thing that you're trying to sell them, that, that's wasting time. So getting to the, the right person is important. Um, also, not wasting time on someone who's never going to buy to begin with, um, especially guys like me when people walk into a sales business, uh, to a training business like I am in fitness, and they're selling me carpet cleaners or window cleaning, and I'm not interested. I wasn't going to buy anyway, so don't waste time doing that. Um, someone who lies to you about how much money they have to spend, um, what the competition is, what their intent is, that you can figure that out through body language. It's very simple. You'll learn it. Um, and once you learn it, you'll probably go back and say, I've seen that many times, but I never knew what it was. And then poor communication. Uh, 99.7% of the time, communication is the reason why things go bad. Um, if you're coming at them aggressively and that person is, is a timid personality, you're going to lose them. Understanding the personality of the person you're speaking to is going to uh, benefit you greatly because you're going to know how to talk to them. You're going to understand what their style is for buying. Um, and not all starts with communication. Well, I can insert here, actually, one of the reasons I got involved with Matt is I've been a professional salesperson for much of my life. Um, there's an old saying in sales, you know, the best thing you can tell a salesperson is yes, but the second best thing you can tell them is no quickly. And there's so many times we spend hours and hours with someone for whom it's a nice to have, and they're not definitely not going to buy, but they really ever never do. And I've wasted tons of time with them. Um, and I actually can attest, I've been sitting next to Matt when he's been talking to other people and there was some sort of negotiation going on. And while Matt can never tell you what the truth is, one time a guy said, well, you know, we really can't do anything more than $50,000. And after the, after the meeting, Matt said, I don't know what the truth is, but that was a lie. So, you know, it's that kind of feedback of, well, do I take him at face value? Do I guess that he's not telling the truth or can this program give me real tangible things that I can qualify to say, yep, yeah, you know what? I don't think he was telling the truth. Basically, the overall understanding here of behaviors and body language, as we're saying, is going to benefit you if you're in sales of any kind, and it can significantly benefit you, as some of the examples I've just given. So, Matt, maybe talk a little bit about specific examples of how that understanding of reading people and telling what their real emotions are can help with a salesperson. Being from, from the Philadelphia area, we, we tend to have an accent, people say, and we, we might mumble a bit. Um, so understanding, you know, when I'm speaking to somebody, I need to be very cognizant of what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, with the inflection of my voice, how quickly I'm pacing myself. Um, and that communication 
ability is key for me to be able to understand whether or not what I'm saying is getting through to them. Um, as the words you're speaking really aren't the most important thing to say. However, understanding, um, understanding what those words mean in context with the body language you're reading is what's going to make that a valuable tool. It helps you read the person you're selling. When you're selling something to somebody, you want to make sure that you're, you're taking the words and the body language and combining them together and getting the proper read. Um, understanding if somebody's being truthful. It's not like a, as a cop, I'm looking for people who are, are, are suspects in crimes and whether or not they're telling me the truth when I'm interviewing them. But it's kind of the same thing when you're, when you're talking about sales. You know, if you ask somebody, um, are you able to make this kind of a purchase? Do you have the authority to do that? And they tell you yes, when in reality they're kind of, they might be a middle person or, or the, the underling of somebody who actually has the checkbook. You can find that out real quickly based on their answer, how they answered yes. Yes is an affirmative word, but their body language could have been a completely contrary uh, emission for them. So it would have been yes with the mouth and no with the body. And that's something you could easily see, and, and you'll know that you're not talking to the person who has the buying power. Now, you just led into it. There's, there's, I, reading body language is one cool thing that I was learning a lot from Matt, but also the buying style. You can actually, and in this program, he's going to teach you how you can read what their buying style is, one of four core styles. And some of the cool things of that are that not everybody has the same buying style. Uh, and this is something that I put in here, but you know, we know from a fact that there are those who are very early adopters. They'll jump the first time they meet you. It's a brand new product. It's not been tested and proven in their style. Their personality is to go for that type of thing. But there's the exact opposite where you have, and you'll see this dichotomy all throughout the rest of this presentation where I don't know which one they are. And it, the big risk is it takes me too long to figure it out. And then it's too late. So you could have the very slow decision maker and you can't push them. You, if you go slow with the early adopter, they're not going to be happy and be impatient. If you go fast with the slow decision maker and push them too fast, there's the resistant or combative guy. You can take that the wrong way. If you know their personality and their buying style, which he'll teach you to understand and identify, you don't take offense that they're seeming somewhat combative. There's the social relational and you must create connection with those folks. You have to connect with them socially, the aggressive dominant, possibly the perfectionistic methodical. So one of the key things that you'll want to listen to as Matt goes through is how do you understand different buying styles? And he's going to pull out a couple of examples in this webinar to show you exactly what that means. So that's the biggie too for me, not just reading body language, but the reason I got involved is he'll help you understand what the buying style is that you're dealing with because you approach everybody with the same style. You're going to make it you know, correct one out of four times. So let's do some overview, Matt, if you wouldn't mind, through the program that we're talking about, the Unspoken Sale, and you can go to unspokensale.com if you want to learn more. You've probably already been there if you're already registered here. The website's on the bottom. But if they go to the Unspoken Sale, what specifically, Matt, would the objective be for them? Well, first of all, I think you, you need to learn what your particular personality is. Um, I think that's key, understanding what you uh, prefer how you prefer to be spoken to and how you prefer to speak to people is, is real important. So knowing yourself is key. Um, when you're dealing with another person for the first time, there's, you're going to learn how certain indicators in their body language and how that matches up with their uh, verbal communication will pretty much give you a, a pretty clear idea as what their personality or buying style is. 
And once you get that knowledge, you're going to have to know which buttons to push and which ones to avoid. Because if you're a high D and you're talking to a, a person who's, who's more of the uh, high C, who's a, more of the bookwormish, data-driven kind of person, you could intimidate them by coming on too strong and being uh, very rushed in your approach when they want to have details and facts and figures. And you could lose that sale immediately with, if you didn't recognize that that person was, in fact, a, a high C type personality. Um, understanding what words are going to be the most effective in getting them to, to pay attention to you. Uh, you. You use certain words to um, lure them in, and there's, there's things that a high D, a highly motivated, dominant type personality is going to want to hear versus the guy who's the life of the crowd. Um, different are, words. Are you going to give us some examples of that later on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the key for me, I think, in selling, if, if I were to critique someone who was selling to me is if they didn't feel passion for what they were discussing, they've lost me. So if you don't believe in what it is you're selling, you can't convince someone else to believe in it. Um, knowing if they're lying, like I said, it's, it's not so much a truth lie thing. It's a matter of, are they steering you down a path that, that is not going to be beneficial for you? Um, understanding whether or not you're actually making headway, uh, headway into a sale. You know, if you see, uh, smiling at the appropriate time, a lot of head nodding, um, relaxed when they're sitting, their face looks um, relaxed, not tense. They're not looking around. They're not um, pacing around. Those are good things that you're going to say, all right, I think I got this guy going towards buying. But if you see things that are you know, tense face, furrowed eyebrows, their body's positioned away from you, those are things that, that are clear tells that you're, you might be losing that sale. And I think keep, keep in mind this last bullet when we get further in here, uh, 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes max on the uh, traffic light system. Because what I found in really valuable for me was real-time feedback. It's not a sales program. I can apply Miller, Herman, Sandler, whatever I've learned as a sales methodology uh, or not, doesn't matter. I can sell the way I want to sell. The neat thing is I found it allows me to say, how well am I driving it? You know, right there, I saw something in that person. Mm, maybe I messed up. So I'm aware that maybe what I'm supposed to be doing in my sales process isn't necessarily working effectively. And I can react instantly instead of scratching my head in the parking lot going, what happened? What went wrong? And trying to go back and fix it next time. Now, I know we've got some testimonials showing up on the screen. We've got a whole, others, uh, a whole other bunch of them, and, and I was just looking at some yesterday. But you can see, for example, why I got involved, why I have faith in the system, and why I've agreed to go ahead and share it with everybody I know. Um, I don't own this. I'm not part of it. Matt's a good friend, and I see that it works. And everybody on my list that I'm sending it to, I know that you guys need to make sales. Whether that's a professional salesperson or a business owner or a consultant or whatever, you need to convince people. Even a manager needs to sell ideas and get motivation. So I've seen a lot of these things. And we just throw some testimonials up from a real salesperson who's up 52% in the quarter. Um, we don't have them, but we probably could have put these in here. Even managers, again, selling ideas, not achieving a sale of a product. This is really valuable information to understand. So, Matt, you mind going over what's in the actual program and what they'll learn briefly? Absolutely. Um, the, the four buying styles are, are based off of the DISC profile system. Um, you have the D is the dominant personality, the, the highly driven uh, athlete. If you think of the quarterback of the team, he's, a, he's probably a high D. Um, needs information now, doesn't care about the minute details. 
Um, the high eye is the, the life of the party, the guy that needs to have relationships built before he makes a decision, um, wants to make sure your friends uh, uh, probably with a frat brother of some, some sort at one point in time or a sorority sister. Um, the S is the steadfast, slow and steady, wins the race. Um, those people are, are, there's probably more of them um, out there than you would imagine. And then the high C's are the, the compliant. They're, they're the ones that are uh, data-driven, specific, minute details is what's important to them. They're very driven like a high D, but they're more detail-oriented. Um, so that once you realize which one of those four buying styles you're dealing with, and then you have to learn how to uh, alter your sales approach to cater to their style because you may not be intrinsically um, interested in dealing with a high C because that's counter to who you are, but you still need to sell to that person. And that's the key here is understanding yourself. You might be a highly driven, high D kind of person, and you're going to have to adapt your personality to fit the personality of the buying style that other person you're trying to sell to. Um, while you're doing this, once you realize what their buying style is, then you can pay attention to all the, the body language um, that, that you'll learn all those the little nuances and things you're going to be looking for in the, in the program, but you'll be able to see them as they're unfolding. As long as you're paying attention and you're understanding that you can't get tunnel vision, you have to be aware of your surroundings, you have to understand what's in play, what's not in play, and those are all, it's all part of the process. Um, just knowing that somebody's eyebrows were furrowed on its own is not the reason to throw away a sale. Um, it's a totality of the entire encounter. And then finally, um, you're going to learn the red and green light um, process, which is going to tell you if you see too many red lights popping up along the way, which is a bad, uh, something negative occurring with body language or their, or, or their verbal and nonverbal aren't, aren't matching or whatever. If you see too many of those, you're going to know you're heading down the wrong path and you need to make adjustments to get back to the green, which is the, always the good side. And if you see a bunch of greens, uh, you know, guys smiling appropriately, nodding, hands are open and on the table, invisible, um, communication is flowing, then you know you're doing well. So you should see on your screen now a visual uh, of the four different types of buying styles. It's really based on a, a major behavioral style uh, theory that's out there. But the four styles that you see he was talking about there is the decisive, interacting, stabilizing, and cautious. The key to me, again, is knowing these things is cool. The body language that you'll learn in the program helps identify these. So you don't have to have somebody say, hey, you know, take this 10-minute profile and so I know how to sell to you. If you can do that, great. But if you can't, there's body language that will help you understand how to determine which of the four these uh, your prospect or your client is. And it's that body language of then being able to say, so I know I should be approaching this high D in this way versus if he were a high C. How's it working? Oh, wait a minute. Red flag, red sign. That's not, I, I made a mistake. What did I do? And you can go back and, so it's a two part. How should I be talking to them? And am I doing it effectively in real time? So here's some specific examples that Matt's written down for us today. So maybe go through, you said, you know, the high D is one of the types Knowing that means what? I mean, how do I change talking to a guy who's a high D that I want to sell to? Uh, and, and here we've got, how do I know? I can't get him to take a profile. Uh, I don't know him from Adam. How am I supposed to figure out he's a high D, not an IS or C, and then guess wrong? Now, there, there are plenty of, of tells that, that, you know, just like in poker, 
um, as a good poker player will always look around at the people he's playing against and try to pick out their tell to know whether or not they're bluffing or not. Um, same thing can be done um, on, a, on a little bit more difficult scale, but um, because you're looking at a totality of, of a interaction versus just playing cards. Um, a high D, uh, there's certain things that are, are, I would almost go to say 100% of the time right with a high D. They are going to be upfront. They're going to be direct to the point. Um, they're going to try to dominate you physically, whether that be um, taking over space. Everybody has that three-foot safety area. Um, the handshake, uh, that is a key indicator. Uh, you have one of two ways this can go. A firm handshake um, is going to be someone who's confident. Confidence usually lies within uh, a high D the most. And if they try to break your hand, um, they're one of two. They're either a high D who's trying to jockey for dominance during the conversation and wants to, wants to make sure that he comes out on top because he's competitive, or he's very timid and afraid and is using that because he might be physically stronger than you as his way of, of um, dominating you. But most of the time, it's going to be a high D. Um, they won't let you dominate the conversation. Um, they will only care about the big picture details. They don't care about the, the small stuff that you want to throw in there as little filler, they don't care. They're going to interrupt you. They're going to make sure that you get um, the information out in the time that they dictate, not the time that you dictate. And finally, they're going to be rushed, and they're going to be impatient. They're going to look around. You're going to see them playing with their, their iPod or their, their iPhone or typing on the laptop or answering a call. Um, they're going to sit in their chair in a, in a certain way. They're going to be either physically upright or they're going to do the old, I'm dominating this room with my feet kicked up on the desk and my hands behind my head, leaning back as if impress me is what they're trying to say. So is this, I mean, these the only tells for a high D or is there more inside the system? I mean, like how many things do I have a bullet list of things to be looking for to determine their high D? Um, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that, that are going to be out there. There's when you're in the, the training program, I list a whole bunch of different tells that you can see whether it's their facial features, their eyes, um, their hands positioning, their body positioning, how they're standing. Are they facing the doorway? Um, that's an indicator that they're uncomfortable or don't want to be there. Just it's a subconscious thing that the body does. Uh, arms crossed, hands underneath their armpits, hands in their pockets, um, tapping their foot, um, pounding the table while they're speaking. They're all indicators of a high D who is uh, impatient and tired of, of waiting for you to get to the point. Cool. So there's a lot more then. So, okay. Uh, there's a form that you guys created, I guess, inside your system that I can print out and we're going to show a picture on the screen. It should be appearing now. Um, tell me how that helps me kind of determine, are they a D and I and S or a C keeping it real simple here? Well, it's, as you can see on each quadrant, um, you know, if, if you have somebody who is, um, a DI or an SC, those are the two, uh, ones that pair up the most. You're going to see most of those, uh, one of those two, they're going to, a D will have a lot of I qualities, uh, and S and C will, will easily be paired up. Um, and then, you know, if they're an S and a C, there's going to be more of an opportunity for them to be um, less open, less, uh, less prepared to, to interact with you on a, on a, if you're going to have a sales call and you want somebody to give you feedback, those are the two that are least likely are going to give you any type of, of verbal or nonverbal responses that are beneficial for you. 
So this is a review sheet. I can go back over this in the car or in my office and kind of say, look, uh, were their hands, you know, shakes firm or soft? Did they get into tons of details? Was it very few on the left or a whole lot on the right? Or on the blue side, I guess I can go back through and go uh, body language, you know, I mean, the body positioning, was it very direct and dominating in my space or very indirect? So if I go through and I, in my head, make a tally of, you know, they get a point for a very firm handshake and direct and assertive, but, you know, or the other way, I check the box as to who the winner is. And then both of those help me determine D, I, S, or C. That the way that I haven't used this form myself yet. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you're going to go and you'll see on the left-hand side for DI, it gives you, for the hands, the handshake, is it firm? Were they direct, standing in front of you, uh, assertive? And if, if you check off that list that, yes, they was all those, and you hit the checkbox, bring it to back down, put it next to the red D, that's, that's going to be, if you got five out of, you know, the, the seven that's up there, then you're going to put a five in there. And then when you're all done and you're adding up all these different qualities, um, the one that has the most tallies is going to be the most dominant personality trait that they are. And nine times out of 10, that's going to be very accurate. So this is a bit of a training wheels uh, cheat sheet. Eventually, most people get comfortable not needing this. And after they've done this five or 10 times, they can pretty much tally in their own head what they think they are, DIS or C. You're going to get quickly... If, if there's anything you're going to learn the quickest, it's going to be this because it all is very logical. Um, the type of personality and the different traits that are within that personality are all going to be seen very logical. And you're going to be able to easily identify that based off of a few within 30 seconds. You can pretty much determine someone's buying style if you follow the program and understand the different body language and, and verbal and nonverbal indicators. You'll be able to pick that up quickly. So this is something the first few times just to double check to make sure you're reading it right. I'd use this, uh, but ultimately you're going to learn it pretty quickly and you'll be able to rattle that off pretty, pretty fast. Cool. So just one of the tools that I get in the program, the really practical kind of helps. So, all right, it, it worked. We're staying with one example here, folks, but now I know they're a high D I'm concrete. I'm sure certain. So now I go to talk to them. What do I do differently now that I know they're one of these four types? Well, um, one thing that's not in this program that I'm going to give you is a little bit of a, a freebie here is, is you can cheat a little bit. And as a former intelligence officer, I can tell you that gathering intelligence is key to winning any battle. And in any pre-intelligence you can get prior to actually engaging in any type of encounter is going to be beneficial as well. So if you walk into the office and you see the guy's got football trophies, he's got football signed by athletes, pictures of him playing golf, um, you know, uh, leadership books laying around, um, anything that would be indicative of a high D, you don't even have to meet this guy, and you've got a pretty good idea already what, what kind of personality he is. And then ultimately, you're going to go, all right, well, these are all nice pieces of intelligence, but what, what am I seeing from him as far as his body language? And now you're going to go and you're going to feel the handshake. You're going to see if he's standing upright like he's uh, very competent, militaristic almost. Um, once you figure out he's a high D and you're 100% sure, then you've got to figure out how you're going to settle him. And the, the first thing you want to do is make sure you're going to be direct, to the point. Don't mess around with a bunch of fluff and things of that nature. You need to make sure that you are getting to the point. Um, understand that you're probably on a clock with this guy, so you need to have a sense of urgency. Um, he's probably got another meeting set up, and, and depending on whether or not you're being useful to him will depend on how soon that next meeting actually begins. Um, if you see him looking at his watch a lot or checking up on the clock, you know you're probably losing him. Um, leave the jokes at home. Don't waste time. Um, don't try to get into a, a competition with them. 
Uh, don't challenge them. You can be confident, but you don't need to go attacking them and making them want to you know, see if you can one-up them at any point in time. Don't be over the top or flamboyant. Just get to the point. Keep it simple, keep it practical, and stay professional. So I asked Matt to make up a, a comparison of what happens. So, I mean, this is how I like to learn. That's really cool. That's the way I should approach a high D without context, like Einstein always argues. What's, what's that mean? So here's a list he wrote up of high Ds are in red. If you are selling to a high S, here's how far away they would be. This is designed to show you if you went at them like a high D, not knowing any better and saying, that's my best sales pitch. This is the way I go at it. Walk us maybe through the green being the way you would want to approach an S to sell or communicate or motivate or manage. And the D is in red. Well, we just went through all the high Ds. And, uh, you know, obviously the first one gets straight to the point. With a D, that works great. With an S, not so much. Um, You want to make sure that they're safe. They want to make sure that all bases are covered before they render a decision. So that means you're going to have to get to know them first, ask some questions, get involved in some level of a rapport building. Um, that's, that's required with an S. Um, have a sense of urgency with the red? Yeah. Not with, uh, I mean, for the high D and for a high S, you want to make sure that you don't make it seem like you're in a rush. Take it easy. Give them those opportunities to make a decision on their own. Do I want to continue or not continue? Because as long as they feel safe and not pressured, they're going to be fine. Um, high D, you obviously don't want to joke, joke around at all. But with, with a high S, you can actually have a little bit of brevity in the conversation. It's not always going to be about business because they want to feel safe. Um, remember, that's the key. You want to make them feel safe and comfortable. Um, and the only thing that's really you know, competitive with the high D, yes, you don't want to challenge them. High S's are not competitive people. Um, they're not at all. So they're, they're not, it's not their biggest trait. You want to make sure that um, you're not turning that into a conversation, uh, a competition when you're dealing with a high S. Um, same thing, both actually are the same for a high S and high D as far as uh, keeping it simple and don't be over the top or flamboyant. Um, get With an S, you're going to have to add more details and you're going to have to be a little bit more informative, uh, but you're not going to, you're not going to have to, you don't want to keep it simple is the, is the answer for, for that one. Um, focus on the specifics um, and the results because that's what S is. They're going to have to make a decision based on the totality. They're not just looking for the high-end stuff like a high D. They're going to look at all aspects before they make their decision. And then, you know what? You can be professional but yet still be social and friendly when it comes to a high S. So interesting dichotomy there. I mean, uh, if I went in trying to sell in all the red things because that's what worked the last three people, I could really, really screw up with the high S in the green. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. You, 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 you can waste a lot of time um, as a salesperson addressing a high S as a high D and then scare them out of the building. Vice versa, the same? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not one way or the other. It's, it's, you need to be addressing the buying style that you're dealing with. You can't, um, can't mesh any of them together. And one of the other things that I like is after you've learned how to identify what the buying style is of your prospect and then knowledge-wise, you know how you should go to communicate with them, that can be a, a blind you know, road. You can be driving down thinking I'm doing great, but being able to judge feedback instantaneously, and this is the, the sales signals uh, piece to this program that, that Matt's created, red light, green lights. Talk a little bit about how that helps. I know that they're a high D. Can't I just go in and pitch 
to them like a high D and assume it's all going to work well and then find out at the end whether it did or didn't? What's the sales signal process? What are seeing red lights and green lights? What are they? And what's that going to do for me? Well, I'll answer that real easily. It, no matter what their buying style is, you can still kill a sale by going too far in one direction. You sound like my manager. <laughs> so the, sim the simplest way is always pay attention. So if you're sure is a high D and you approach them as a high D and you're selling to them as a high D, make sure that, that you're seeing the nonverbal indicators from him throughout your pitch. Since you're pretty sure he's a high D, there's certain things that should be, you should be seeing along the way. Um, you know, a high D guy, if he's interested, or, or gal for you ladies, if he's interested or she's interested, everybody, doesn't matter what your personality is, is going to laugh when it's appropriate and smile when things should be smiled upon. Um, how they sit or how they stand is very important. If you see them sitting upright on the front half of the seat with their palms open on the table, and then all of a sudden you see them sit back, take their hands beneath the table, and face away from the door, you know that you just now saw a change in what was normal. That is now a negative. That's a red light. So make sure you're seeing the green lights, things that stay the same from the minute you think you, you made some level of a connection. That's your norm. The things that you remember seeing, how he was sitting at that time, how he was facing you, how his uh, facial expressions were. Was his body posture open or closed? Was he attentive when he was looking at you or was he all over the place looking at the clock, looking at his computer? Um, and consistent eye contact. You don't want to make... You don't want them staring at you as if they're ripping daggers through you, but you, you should have consistent, meaning they're watching you while you're speaking. It's okay to look away every once in a while. You don't want them locked on you, though, like they're, they're trying to take lasers through your face. <laughs> Goldilocks. So I was in a program once where they were testing speaking uh, proficiencies and styles, and all the audience had little gauges with a left and a right, a negative and a positive, and they could turn the dial like a volume dial. Um, and it was being fed back instantaneously so the researchers could watch at what point it was being recorded. The a comment was made and the audience was lost, pissed off, irritated, you know, bored. Or so when this thing goes all the way to the left, the meter goes all the way to the left, you know, it's in the red zone and whatever the person on stage is saying isn't working. So red light, green light's kind of similar to that. I can tell right away from visual clues what I just said is connecting and working or oops, I messed up. I better go back and fix it. No, absolutely. That's uh, it's actually I, I didn't know about that. That's that's a pretty cool little system and a test on a large group of people um, because people, uh, whether they understand it or not, and I don't know why it's always been body language and human behavior is this voodoo. Nobody really teaches or talks about it, and that's why I wanted to bring this to you guys. It's it's not a superpower. It's just being aware and being intuitive and understanding what it is you're seeing in context with what's going on. Um, it's it's not. It, it is something you need to work at, but it's not something that you're, you know, I don't have ESP. I, I, I don't know how to talk to the dead. So it's not craziness. So I really, I, I think it's something that um, ultimately is, is a learned trait that will benefit you individually because you don't need a whole room to tell you that this guy just pissed you off. You'll be right there and you'll understand exactly. You just said something that really did not sit well with the person you're talking to. And then you can change course and try to salvage it, or you can, you know, cut bait and realize, you know, maybe I just ruined an entire sales call. At least you can get your time back. So I know we said 30 minutes. I know we're a little bit over, and I apologize. Again, if you have to run, if you've only budgeted 30 minutes and you're still here seven minutes late, we're recording this. We'll send you a movie. Uh, give our, our post-production guys the rest of the day-to-day -to, -day to film it up. But we'll record the movie of this and send it out to you. So if you have to run, sorry we're running over, but 
fun topic, so we tend to be a little bit passionate about it. Let's do a review, and then let's go ahead and see what questions we have. So now's the time. If you have questions about this that we've gone through, type them in, and as soon as we hit the next uh, two slides, we're going to start addressing those questions. So, Matt, maybe just a review of what we've talked about today. Um, Communication's key, and understanding the person you're speaking to is key. Um, understanding that buyers are individually unique and that you need to address them accordingly to their preference. Um, understanding what the hidden signals are, and that's as this is all unfolding when you're in your, your sales call, seeing those little minute signals is what's going to trigger something inside of you to go, oops, I need to either change course or I'm good to go, I'm staying where I'm at. Um, once you have a better understanding, you'll be able to influence the person that you're, you're speaking to to do the things that you want them to do. I mean, this is what this is about, manipulating somebody to buy you, buy something from you. Um, and then if you can better influence them, it increases your sales. And, uh, you know, it is, it's something you will work at, but it is easy to learn based if you take the program and you, you watch the videos and you download the PDFs and you listen to the audios, it's going to be very simple for you to, f to pick up as long as you practice it every day. So what's next before we take the other questions is just go to the unspoken sale and in association with the webinar here, and for the next several days, we haven't put a, a date on it, I think, Matt. Have you? Nope, not yet. But he's lower in the price from a single payment of $97 to 79 I guess he just felt dyslexic this morning. Um, so it's going to be up there for probably two or three days, I would think. But go there and look for the registry where you can get the sales dossier. It's a PDF. You get it for free. And it's it's got a whole lot more information than we can cover in such brief time here. But... Get that. doesn't cost anything if you don't have it already. And that goes into a little more depth, I think, than here. So the key is go to unspokensale.com, take a look at what's in there, and read that free PDF, the sales dossier. Uh, let's go ahead and open it up. I'm looking for questions that are typed here. So the screen's probably going to go away. Hang on one sec. And Paul's got a question. How do you approach larger groups when there is no interaction regarding buying style? Uh, it's a good question, Paul. If you know the population, if you've worked with individuals in that population, step one, you can go ahead and kind of forecast, look, most of the people in this job that are sitting in front of me, career, industry, X, whatever, I tend to know are more likely high Ds. You can break D and I in half and put S and C on another side. So even if you can't get great intel, if you can just make the first cut and say, well, they're either a DI or an SC. So they're one of two then those similarities are, are much better than nothing at all. Ultimately, if I'm talking to a group, not very many people can make a sale in front of a group. So the sale in front of the group or the call to action is usually best to get into a personal discussion with somebody where I can then understand who they are and make it customized to them. Wouldn't you agree? No, absolutely. However, uh, we did a training uh, seminar down in North Carolina and, um, I was able to break the room down into all four uh, buying styles. And as then we broke out into, into groups, I was able to address each one of those groups individually um, and, and interact with them a little bit more personally, knowing their buying style. So that, that's one way, if you're gonna have breakout sessions, it's one way you can sort of break them into groups and separate the herd. Very cool. Uh, Bonnie asks that emotionally dishonest people, not quite sure I understand what that means, but. Do you confront them? Do you walk away? What do you recommend? Um, 
if I'm accurate, Bonnie, and feel free to text another message in there to explain what you mean by emotionally dishonest people. But if you're trying to put across emotions that aren't yours, if I'm trying to lie, the key thing, uh, Matt, can I fake my body language? I'm not going to buy or I don't have the budget. Can I fake that and protect the fact and control my body language? I can because I know what I, I, I really have lived this this my entire career. So, But somebody who's never had any training in body language or human behavior cannot fake it. Um, it's not like they're going to go, okay, this person's going to walk in. I'm going to set myself up to where I'm tapping my foot, looking away, throwing my eyebrows, humph, huffing and, and frowning, and, and uh, my pupils are going to dilate, and, and you can't do that. It's impossible to fake. Well, that's good to know about you in case I ever have to negotiate with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll know you can fake it. Um, Lee asks, is there a level within your program that can be trained on a train the others or a train the trainer? Matt, have you put in anything where somebody who comes through your program can then be certified, I guess, for lack of a better term, to go out and train other people, or is that something on the horizon? Uh, that is on the horizon. It's in the, the planning. Um, it would more, more than likely not be a video series, I don't think. I think we probably, um, but it may be. I, I don't know 100%, but I would think that maybe a group training session where people come or I go to and train people how to do this is probably a little bit more personal and, and, and might be a little bit more effective. But yes, the plan is to have that. Cool. Uh, so far, everybody, great questions, and, and they all will be. Paul, I didn't even think about this, and this is a really cool question. Regarding learning styles, should the training or delivery, if I'm understanding you properly, Paul, be influenced more by the lesson subject or reading the receiver? So if I'm paraphrasing properly, if I'm training people, not selling, but can I use this knowledge as a trainer in front of a room, should I make this lesson plan and what's in there, the subject, my core influence behind how I train it? Or should I be using my ability to read the people in front of me in the room and how well I'm communicating that to them. It's not a sale, it's knowledge, it's training, it's information. Can I use that to see how well I'm resonating with my students, for lack of a better term? I think there's two answers to that question. One, if you're in uh, a large group where there's you know, an audience full of uh, you know, an auditorium, then that's gonna be almost impossible to, to read the crowd. So then you have to put your, your uh, delivery and the, the content is what is what you're selling is, is how you're, you're delivering it. and you're going to deliver it in your most, um, what's the word you use for if you're being authentic, your most authentic person is the way that you're going to always be safest and the best bet. If you're being authentic to yourself and who you are and you're passionate about what you speak about, people will listen. They may not buy it and they may not always believe it, but they will listen. Um, if you have a small classroom, you know, 15, 20 people, you can break down, um, the majority and determine their buying style and their personality pretty quickly. And you can address, you can change your approach. The content's going to be the same, but you can change your approach to be it, to, to cater to the majority versus the, the minority. Now, I actually am a, an expert in behavior, and this is what my degrees are in, and I'm very familiar with the DISC theory. And, and Paul, to your statement, when I do certifications or trainings or even lectures, I use that knowledge and knowing that industry or knowing who I'm talking to, to try to do that. The prior knowledge, like Lee asked about up in front of a room or whoever it was, sorry, um, I can say, look, I know that the majority of the people in here are high Ds. But if I don't know it, one last trick is I can 
try to hit on all of them. I say, look, some of you, I don't know who it is, but some of you, I know the next piece is going to be a little bit too detailed, but here's why it's important. And I don't need to explain why it's important to those that are high C's that want it, even if I don't know they're there. So you can preface things throughout the training or speaking and even sales by saying, look, you know, I want to go to this level of detail or I'm not able to go into the detail that I'm sure many of you would like to have right now. But here's an alternative. You can contact me offline or have, you know, discussions or attend more programs. So you can preface, preface what you're about to do by saying, look, I'm not sure who's out there, but I'm, I'm sure there's a mix. And what we're doing here is important. And for some, I know you'll have to struggle through it. Or for some, it won't give you what you want. Or for some, you're going too fast. Or for some, I know it's too slow. So you can, you can put that out there so at least they acknowledge, hey, you know what? He's, he's put a name on the fact that I think this is going too slow. But now that he's pointed it out and the light, shining the light on it, it'll be okay. And last question, um, Bonnie comes back on and says, look, when I said emotionally dishonest, I meant I see them as angry and they deny it. Now, if I'm in sales, which is what we're really talking about here, I don't care if they admit it. I just want to know it. So in coaching or something like that, yes, I could see how I would have a problem where if they're angry, they won't, deny, they won't admit it, and I have to get them to admit it to move on. I don't need to get them to admit they're angry in sales. I just need to be aware that they're angry in sales and incorporate that into what I'm doing. Either, as Matt said, bye, look, I just wanted to drop in real quick. I'm not here to do much. I'm out of here and I'll go away and come back when I'm seeing that they're not angry or they're angry because of something I just said. So I better go back and say, you know, but when I said we need to have 100% payment up front, I mean, we need to have commitment to 100% payment, but maybe we can break it out over three. So it's not about whether they admit it or not, Bonnie. It's what I know. And if I see that they're angry, I don't care if they're honest or not. It's my knowledge and awareness. What do you say, Matt? No, that's, you know, the last thing you want to do in sales is, is get into a, and for lack of a better term, a pissing match with somebody over whether they're telling the truth or not. That's not the important part. The important part is identifying it as the salesperson to know that now you can use that knowledge. They don't know that you know that and use it to try to steer the, the, the conversation back to a more friendly light, a more positive direction for you so that you can actually have an opportunity to make a sales call and, and close it and, and make some money for yourself because that's really what it's all about. So getting into a, a confrontation about whether someone's telling the truth or not really doesn't benefit you at the end. Um, it's just the knowledge of knowing that you can change direction at any point in time when you do see those, those indicators is what's going to be beneficial to you. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, if they're angry, they're angry. And I'm not going to make a sale when somebody's angry. So, Matt, any last words? Again, everybody, go visit Unspoken Sale. Make sure you get the dossier and read that. And sign up for the program. I believe in it. He's taught me a lot through a personal friendship, and that's why I'm here backing it. So I can be one of those testimonials as well. So, Matt, any last words? Just know that, that this was derived without any... Uh, knowledge of how to sell. I've never sold a thing in my life. I was the kid that bought all the candy bars myself because I didn't feel like asking people to buy them from me. So I'm not a salesperson. Um, this is a career in the making, um, actually a lifetime. And uh, you know, I believe that it's something that has not been done enough over the last you know, 50 years in the sales community. People need to spend some time learning how to interact with human beings and how to benefit from learning what personality traits, what nonverbal communication is, what the verbal communication means in the, in the grand scheme of things. All those things are stuff you're going to learn in the, in the Unspoken Sale training program. Awesome. Well, again, go to Unspoken Sale. If you have any questions, you can reach out to, him, to Matt there as well. Uh, emails are up there. 
contact information, and go ahead and register. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll get the video out to you. Again, give us the rest of the day-to-day, but appreciate your time. Any questions are welcome, and we'll see you over at theunspokensale.com. Thanks a lot, Matt. Take care, guys. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody.